everybody, this is Lindsay with Tea Time with Linz. This week we have special guest Hannah Whiteoak, actress, voiceover artist, producer, gaffer, writer, everything under the sun. Hannah, wonderful Whiteoak. Very excited about this interview. Um, we were shooting the shit at the very, very beginning and we were talking about like mental health and social media and all that jazz. I couldn't really find anywhere to fit it organically into the episode, so I'm just going to put it as a snippet at the very very end um just because i actually it was really very i feel like an important thing to add in and i didn't want to take it away because it was you know very quite informative um again shout out to poe the passenger for the intro music and like i was saying on tuesday's episode i still have quite a few twitter entries to go through this is for anyone who's starting out acting thinking about getting into it at a young age late age taking a break from acting and getting back into it blah 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 um so this is from bex barlow's at bex underscore barlow people may say be productive yet be irked when you are people may say be yourself then be irked when you are just stay true to yourself and the vision you have for your career the best thing about integrity is the contentment it brings even as you progress the next one is from Lisa Armitage at Lisa Armitage. And uh, she did two. There's diversify, develop your singing, dance, learn basic editing, and set up a quality recording space. Be businesslike and proactive, and be prepared to work outside the business, taking the skills you've learned with you. Second tweet. Further to that, join your local equity and work to develop a sense of number community there as much as you can. Create play readings, start small self-help groups to develop self-taping and other skills. We need each other. Thanks very much for that, Lisa. And we've got Beth uh, Dominio. Hope I'm saying that right, Beth, I'm sorry. At Trekkie Pirate. Patience and resilience are the name of the game. And I'll do one more for today by Amy Coots at its underscore Amy Coots. Determine your own brand and where you feel you belong as opposed to leaving that solely in the hands of someone else. You will care most about your career. There is a place for you and welcome. So there you go. Those are some Twitter bites from people. I've got some more for next time. Also, I had a little meltdown yesterday. I'm not going to lie because <laughs> we all do. Um, and I don't usually plast my shit on Twitter when I'm feeling down. Um, but I do want to say everyone just on Twitter is so nice. You guys are so nice. So keep that support system up, everybody, because we all fucking need it. The whole reason I started this podcast was so everybody else could listen to each other's stories and know they're not alone and know nobody's had like a straight course of action toward their goals and blah, blah, blah and all that shit. And I just need to take my own advice. <laughs> so there you go. All right, so yes, thanks once again, Twitter fam. You're all amazing. Let's get on with the interview with Hannah White Oak. And like I said, stick around after the whole hour because we're going to stop talking uh, for the little entry on the mental health issue. All right, guys, enjoy. I'll, I'll be really honest, and I've, I've pulled myself a mezcal because I've been a bit <laughs> uptight. <laughs> I've been a bit uptight recently. And. Uh, well, it's it's twelve o'clock, isn't it? 
so yeah sorry about my little naughty but i've got a cup of chai as well so i'm just alternating between a cup of chai and uh some oh mezcal God. so You're cheers so pal cheers <laughs> all right because Sounds i met good. you hannah at the I slam audition i when did was, that? was it that... 2016 20 uh yeah 2016 it was at the we work somewhere yeah. on uh i think it was hollywood, hollywood boulevard. boulevard yeah and i just and, um, i just remember watching you perform and just being like i want to be friends with that girl and i thought then... the same about you i was like she's really funny and she's british oh <laughs> but then i remember no. like after the auditions we both had to leg it and i just remember you saying your name and i was like what what the fuck and then we both did the workshop for the monologue slam thing after like mm-hmm. a week later and yeah. I was like, yes, she's here. So then I yeah. was like, this time I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go without getting your information. Yeah, and I actually was a bit stalky as well. I, I tried looking you up and. Uh, oh no, I totally did, but I couldn't remember bit. your name. <laughs> I just remember Hannah from Northern England. Northern England. I, that particular piece that I did as well was a uh, that was a Yorkshire piece, which yeah, is the probably the, yeah, the nearest to my hometown piece that I've possibly done. I don't think I've done anything from anyone from Lincolnshire, but that's oh, really? Lincolnshire for you. Yeah. Maybe I should write something. <laughs> you should. You should absolutely write stuff. And that's the other thing as well about like just these COVID times is I feel like I feel like actors don't give themselves enough credit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like, oh, create something, write something. And an actor's like, oh, well, I'm not a writer. So it's like, well, just try. I'm not a fucking writer, but I write shit all the time. Whether people like yeah. it or not, <laughs> I don't care. But, I actually find it's like really good therapy. It's um, really good therapy and it's really empowering. You know, I, I, I sort of, I've, I've flung a few ideas out there and my brother is probably the, the my worst critic. He always rips a piss out of me. Anything oh, that yeah. I do that's acting, he's like, what are you doing this week? You've been a zombie in an escape room. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's secretly jealous. I hope, I hope he's secretly jealous. He probably he's is. Xbox, yeah, he does Xbox commercial. Yeah, I know. I, but it turns out he's just quit his job of like twenty years, and uh, he's 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 just having a rethink about what he wants to do. He's gonna start acting. He is. He is. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fucking death. <laughs> he's gonna start writing. But he, you know, we, I've been talking to my family um, quite a lot about the family history, and there's a couple of really good stories um, yeah. from the family tree. There's a, an Irish connection, and then there's. Um, prostitution ring connection so there's lots of stuff lots of stuff going on and um um well as I've got this sort of you know bubblegum idea that I want to write um my mum's been sort of pressing me saying you know look this this story about your great great grandfather you you know really should but my brother's a historian um so now he's quit his job I'm like Tim you absolutely should write this this is your this is your domain and he's 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 leapt on it like oh, fantastic. Shovel. Yeah, he's, he's, um, but he, he is my harshest critic. And he, you know, if he thinks the idea is a good idea, then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this is worth pursuing. And then, of course, he thinks I'm, you know, I'm this hippy dippy, you know, he, he calls me a Cali wanker, just so you know, you can put that in there. <laughs> all of my, all of my British lot call me a Cali wanker because I, I fully Cali embrace <laughs> it. My British friend, my other British friends call me that. <laughs> That's where the name came from. Um, They're just jealous, yeah. babes. Just jealous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I think I'm going to push. I'm going to push the um the writing this this uh, little TV series. Hopefully. I feel like you should because everything you tell me that you want to write, I just piss myself laughing, and I can yeah. literally I can see it on TV. The the best thing about that I'm learning about um writing and about acting is that 
the best pieces that I've ever done or the best pieces that I've witnessed, watched. When I've done a little bit of research, I'm like, that is truth. It's actually yeah. tr- true stuff that's really happened. That, And it's the sum of it's the funniest stuff because, you know, you can't make it up. Oh, you can't make it's, it up. You know. And I think that's what... I don't know if you ever watched League of Gentlemen, but I was back in the day, I was so fucking obsessed with that lunatic show. And yeah. all of those characters they're based on characters that those three guys met and knew yeah. Yeah. and you're just like what like these characters are so fucking off the wall yeah but when you hear their real stories of them meeting these people you're like holy fuck and you think it's made up but you're like and then you actually experience something like that yourself yeah and you're like, oh you can't make the shit up but you just it's can't. like it's like uh my parents when we we used to live in Lincolnshire, a little town called Grantham, which is a, you know, you go through it on the A1 going north or you pass through it on the train to go to Scotland, probably from London, because you were, you were down in Essex, weren't you? Yeah, Essex. Um, and uh, it's a, a t- it, it, won, it won the Carlsberg uh, most boring town in Britain in 1988. I actually had a T-shirt with that written on for a while. Um, Amazing. So you can understand why we sort of escaped there very quickly. Um, my parents bought a place in Skegness uh-huh. um, and it's really Skegness where I've seen a lot of characters and uh, you know down the local down the local <laughs> karaoke and uh, you know the lo- local workman that comes around and fixes stuff he looks like he should be locked up but he's actually an absolute sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so you know that that was uh, sort of a, a childhood a childhood experience that you know really does the I think it's worth writing yeah. the amount of it, the experiences that we've had growing up and um, the situations that we've been put in, especially coming to America as well. Like there's been lots of lots of comedy moments coming to America. I'm sure you've had the same. Oh, it's um, one thing after another. It's a fucking just the nuts of nutballs nuts of the nuts experiences of trying to make hollywood and uh you know um i mean i i absolutely loved your um your writing uh and from that very first workshop that we did uh, where you did gail um <laughs> i think that's why I, I i thought i've got to be friends with her because uh she gets it <laughs> <laughs> Gail, not you, mate. I'm talking about Gail. <laughs> oh my god! Honestly, I had so much, like, so much fun performing her. Um, sisters. Oh my god, it was just so much fun. Um, but yeah, so talk. When you, because when did you actually move to LA? Was it 2015? 2015. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a bit of a whirlwind, um, bit of a whirlwind adventure. So, I was working in film lighting um you know that was my that was my career at the time I I started off acting studied at uni got my degree went and did community theatre and then just like a lot of people you know a lot of performers they kind of get it in I felt growing up that it it wasn't okay just to be an actor you had to get a career you had to go to university you had to get a good job pay you know get a mortgage and you know do yeah. just climb the ladder um and you know left university and I kind of got swept into this um the technical route of um, filmmaking and I went into cameras um and 
started working as a clapper loader on on films and a couple of tv shows um but then went back to the drawing board and worked in recruitment for a bit to get my bearings in london um and then got headhunted by the lighting company so i spent 10 years working for this lighting film lighting company um and i did some really big jobs worked with some of the world's biggest gaffers and dops um we did uh, one of the biggest jobs that i helped organize was the um jaguar commercial all all bad mm-hmm. guys are british and it was people like ben kingsley jumping out of um, helicopters and it was you know the jag driving around canary wharf yeah oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah um and we did the the skoda commercial that was the um, these are a few of my favorite things and it was the cake that was um the car was made of a cake and it was all done from scratch at pinewood studios um so we helped coordinate that so when we came to the opportunity of moving to camp sorry i'm going around a long story short no you're okay um when the opportunity came up to come to, come to america um i was working at ari um and rob my then boyfriend um was like oh um got this uh, opportunity to live in LA and Rob and I um, a few years prior had actually fallen in love and met got together so to speak in Los Angeles um, on a you know whistle stop tour of California and Las Vegas and up to San Francisco Um, so we knew LA and um, it was a bit of a a leap of faith because we'd only been here two weeks for the whole of the you know the whole of the trip mm-hmm. um and he said do you want to do you want to come to california and i was like well you have to make an honest woman of me first <laughs> um because i'm not bloody working i can't work if i you know you don't marry me so i was like okay well let's just rewind a little bit and then let's do it a little bit more um romantically rather than just have an agreement have an accord <laughs> that we're going to get so um we decided to go for it and he got offered the job of course he did because he's a he's a whiz kid um and then we were like right how do we drop the bombshell that we're going to get married and that we are going to be moving to america in 10 weeks oh fucking hell 10 weeks yeah um and quit my job of 10 years and um so that was an experience and it ended up being that I had to not only we had to organize our whole immigration process VA helped mm-hmm. um but also we had to get our house packed up shipped up and out um because we ended up shipping up all the shipping all of our stuff and organizing a wedding 10 weeks <laughs> and a leaving party in 10 weeks <laughs> um so you Lunatic. can imagine yeah I mean I remember the last few days of um so we got married on the Thursday we had a day off on the Friday while I hot-footed it into London to the embassy and I turn up at the uh, embassy and I you know I have my appointment booked and everything and I'm shitting myself going oh god this is really intense like it's terrifying isn't it you know big security you feel like you're in trouble and I haven't done anything yet (laughs) they ask you you know are you a terrorist can you have you ever done anything and of course you're like no 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 but they ask the same question in a different format yeah and then you're like I'm like have I answered this incorrectly have I said is this a yes no question oh gosh so anyway get in there and within 10 minutes they just they just said how long have you been married Mrs Blake and I said uh 19 hours <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah they gave me the stamp like they obviously thought I was worth something and gave me the seal of approval and off I went and um 
we we had a big party that Saturday and then the following Saturday there's a there's a picture of me somewhere in the ether of me packing up all of my six suitcases that I was allowed to take on the flight um just all of my dirty all my laundry out on my (laughs) my father-in-law's lawn just trying to pack 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 a little bit more efficiently um and that was it we were were on the plane I remember because we we were um staff travel because it was a duty ticket because of Rob's job um we got flown in business class nice and um I, I I wasn't quite sure of like you know obviously there was a lot of freebies and they kept plying with me me with champagne and I think you know I was I got a bit excited <laughs> but if you think okay a 10-hour flight about four buckets of champagne later just just landing and I burst into tears and I'm this hot mess and the hostess is like are you all right I, says, oh, oh, I think I'm a bit drunk <laughs> <laughs> We are picked up by Rob's boss at the time and uh, and I'm this haggard mess that looks like she's been dragged through a hedge backwards. Um, And then, of course, the hangover kicks in because you're on that time difference. Yeah. You know, and it was the afternoon when we landed in in L.A. So it was like, okay, now why am I so weepy? (laughs) (laughs) Me, champagne a long haul flight and the time zone difference don't don't, uh, don't mix <laughs> see to me that's a fucking dream <laughs> i'm like <"Bring> <laughs> so uh, yeah so that and that's what brought us so we you know and at the time didn't know anybody um we had this um a part hotel place in the marina and that was that was the start of everything. And it because I couldn't I couldn't work for three months because I had the right to be here, but I had to apply for an EAD. Mm-hmm. So it literally took ninety days that it said it would. Yeah. So I got myself into school. I um, went and did um, Anthony Mindell's actors workshop mm-hmm. um, intro group, which is where I've met you know a couple of really good friends and stayed really good friends. Um, and that was the start of my acting career. In, um... It's interesting you say that because I feel like I've met some of my closest friends from acting studios. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I just it's find... Because, it's because you bear all as well. Like there's no, there's no hiding anything and no. they'll get it out of you somewhere or another, don't they? Yep, they do. You know, you're hiding something, Hannah, and then, you know, you've got to cry at some point. <laughs> you just got to break you down. <laughs> it's true. I think that I tr- honestly do think that is why you do make some of your best friends there because you're basically showing everybody your family aren't you you know you know total ugly ugly cry (laughs) ugly cry jeez and if you still want to be friends with me after seeing me ugly cry then like you know that's a friendship oh my gosh because then so we met a year later and I remember you were like really getting into your groove and then you told me you were leaving yeah that was and a bit of a shit stick wasn't it I it was so funny because when you said that I was like of course you are I said to Grant at the time I was just like why is it I always finally meet the person who or like people who I really bond with who feels like I've been friends with for years and then they fuck off back to England and I was just so like <laughs> of course this happens like I wasn't did mad it, did, no one, was did, like, no, did no one tell you that we got a memo <laughs> about being friends with Lindsay it's just too much mate we gotta go gotta go reel her in become really good friends with her and then piss off back to England um so then you're back in England yeah 
So let talk, tell us about that. So that was a bit of a stinker because, um, you know, things were very different for me than from Rob's experience. You know, he, we, and it's, at the end of the day, we're married. It's a, it's a, it's a team effort. And if someone wasn't happy or it wasn't right, yeah. for whatever reason, if we needed, to, if we were to come back, fate would bring us back. And yeah. if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. For whatever reason, Rob's job was not quite what he'd been promised and um there was some I guess some issues that he he felt that he and also I think he missed home more than than I did um and also in a way is that kind of grass is greener is it greener what did we have it so good um you know because when we first came out here we were struggling financially we didn't realize how much everything cost in LA I mean it is an expensive city um Mm -hmm. you know our rent Rob's pay was pretty much covering his rent the rent and that was it and it was like you know how can someone of that managerial position live in LA and still be struggling like we were almost on the poverty line um and I know it seems very dramatic but you know at one point I was having to go out uber driving just to get 50 dollars so i could cash it to buy groceries yeah and we were very we 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 were struggling financially and and it was almost as if okay well why are we putting ourselves through this you know we're hit we're mid 30s we should be in a comfortable position by now and we're just not so we decided to come home um and at the same time I just got the ball rolling on some really cool stuff I booked a feature film um my my voiceover stuff was starting to take shape and I thought well I can I can do this from England you know I can I'd never had an agent in England before whereas now I was like I can I can go and get an agent in England I can still act in England you know I don't have to go back to what I was doing before yeah so we moved back and walked into the old house um, which we'd had rented out for a couple of years and it was tired it was magnolia it was depressing and I looked at the place and I thought well sod it I can't I need to find something to do for money and also I want to get this place um looking nice um and I also needed to distract myself from the fact that we just moved back from everything that I've been working towards for the, yeah. last, the past couple of years and it's very hard to go back because you you do get the naysayers people saying oh didn't work out did it oh you see I told you yeah I mean I'm sure you'd probably had those conversations at some point in your um, your lifetime and people you know there are people that want you to do well and there always will be those people there's also the people that just can't be happy for you yeah they just it feels like they just (laughs) want you to fail because they're so fucking unhappy yeah and um, I, I, I I'm still friends with some of those people yeah. because you just can't sometimes you need a bit of that reality check as well though I find that sometimes I go a little bit over over and away and sometimes I need someone just to kind of go hang on a minute mate just remember what this is about and okay all right so there's a kind of yeah you need like a little I, bit of a like I do negative. get it <laughs> But not that. Oh, you didn't work, didn't work out, did you? I, I told you. I told you. <laughs> like I do get it sometimes, but at the same time, it's just like, look, London or the UK wasn't really like it. Just wasn't working for me for whatever reason. Um, mm. Like I had so many reasons to move to LA. Mm. Um, a lot of it I was running away from. But I'm just like, when I go back, I have like one particular friend who's always just like, "You're so LA. 
you're so LA you're so LA and I'm just like (laughs) and I'm just like can you just shut the fuck up like what because of what my handbag or because my shoe it's just like it's but it's really random things that she like nitpicks Mm. on Mm. and I'm just like whatever I I've I personally and I think you probably feel the same is I've changed a lot since living here oh Um, yeah going back made me realize how much I changed and how Uh much I've I've America has given me this really positive attitude Mm -hmm. Um, you know I it really is the land of opportunity and it really is um not to say that there wasn't opportunity in England it's just here people do want to listen to what you have to say and if you haven't got a background you know if you haven't studied at the right drama school or if you haven't um you know put in your time in theatre in England people don't necessarily respect that as much Uh whereas here it's like okay well what are you training to do now what are you doing about it what are you up to creatively let's let's what's your what you know what's your website looking like here you are on camera great okay you've it it, it, I've hustled much more here and and I think I've reaped the benefits from it because of it um yeah um so moving back was just like oh a bit of a kick in the tits and (laughs) I was like no I'm gonna make this work I'm gonna make it work so I built a voiceover booth in my my house um got got part of a, a cooperative agency who are lovely and actually i wish that there was more of that kind of thing here so do um, i really? a cooperative of actors that all manage each other they all look out for each other um and you know it really is a good collective of people that you know i mean i i can bring a certain part to it that someone else can't you know i, I know about mocap i know about you know the American market and and it that was a, a real um light on the horizon for me to sort of shoot for and I'm still part of that agency um yeah. I, I still volunteer two days a month and act as a representative for my peers and um you know I go to the monthly meetings and see how everyone's doing um and I booked some work through it as well which was great um yeah. but it wasn't um and I went, but I still went back to my old style job. I was consulting for a lighting company because I knew I could make money doing that. Um, yeah. And again, it was after we'd spent so much money getting back, we had to kind of replenish those funds again. So it was like starting again, again. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got myself involved with a TV show to renovate the house because mm-hmm. I was like, I need to kick up the bum. And uh, so I ended up doing a, uh, I mean, we were only back for 10 months um, and I managed to renovate the whole house. <laughs> it looked amazing. From yeah, well, it, the theme was I need to put some colour back into my, my home because yeah. it was so drab and dreary. And after living in America, I was just, you know, it's, it really has, um, you know, opened up my creative juices and that included I want that in my house as well. Um, so we ended up doing a TV show, but that was when... Um, we just renovated the house and I think Rob had also gone to an office desk job, um, realised, oh, shoot, there's nothing, I, I feel I'm bored here. You know, I, going back is not really an option anymore. It's sort yeah. of, for me, it's like, we can always go back. We'll always have that. We can always go back to England. And, but now we've got this, okay, the opportunity came up again for Rob and his job and I was like 
go for it. And it was a man, it was a, a higher position than what he'd been doing. And I was like, you, we have to do this. And he's like, isn't it a bit too much work? I said, no, let's just do it. Don't have to set, let's not ship anything this time. Cause we had to ship everything. We sold everything in America, came back. I bought everything secondhand and you know pulled things out of the tip to upcycle. Yeah. And then we were coming back. I said, look, let's just pack six suitcases. Let's take our bikes and we'll start afresh again, again. Again, again, <laughs> again, again, and um, it was actually really liberating because there was no worry about waiting for that call to say you, your stuff's been held at customs. There's a weird root tree that they're they're, they're questioning root tree seat or something like that, and you've got a Balinese something that they're a bit concerned about. And I'm like, oh crumbs, have I got any seeds in that closet that we wrapped up with cellophane? I can't remember, you know, yeah, none of that. Um, and yeah, literally just got back on the plane stayed with some friends in um, Playa del Rey until we found uh, a play, you know, a little house to stay in by the beach. And um, that was it. And that was it, that this time. And uh, I can honestly say, mate, like I, I, I'm so happy we made that decision. Um, like it, it, it has been definitely life-changing this time. Yeah. Um, and with, with everything that's happened in the last year, I mean, I haven't, I don't know, I don't know about you, but the last time I was home, was October 19 and I'd been back six times or something ridiculous that year because I'd had to sort of clear up a few bits and pieces and I did a film and um but um that was the last time I was home um and uh I feel really fortunate to be here right now um I'm really happy that we've made those decisions and I'm currently in a bit of a, a fog because um, my my current because everything's happening with um, with USIS and people not being able to leave the country on visas because yeah. there's you know issues with embassies and and whatnot. Um, currently, my visa has expired and my EAD has expired. Um, although everything's in processing, so to make sure that I don't get into hot water with anybody, I mean. I still need to have a conversation with an agent and make sure that they they are aware that this is what I've said but just yeah. put me on hold for a minute so I'm currently in a space where I can't work properly earn money um so I have to have my hand forced and I need to do some writing and get creative while and we I feel wait like this to... yeah I feel like this is the best time for you to do it oh yeah. just really quickly and also this is a plug for this book but did you get the save the cat i did save blake the cat snyder. i started started reading it yeah yep. everybody get that blake snyder save the cat if you're into screenwriting it's fucking brilliant yeah i'm, I'm just, glad you uh, got it. just started on it and uh, you know the main thing is uh what what's the line or what's the what's what's it about and if you can't give it in one line forget it yeah so and that uh, beachy that's, that's... is literally i swear by it it's just so and I've read so many screen acting books and courses and all that stuff and I'm just like this is literally I feel like all you need yeah it's everything is right there and it's so I don't want to say basic but it's so it's not spoon feeding you but it's telling you exactly what to do yeah. and how well, to do it in such an easy sort of school way that I'm like I can understand this and I'm I need and like you know blah I'm a very oh. chaotic, a very chaotic person. And, you know, if you put a squirrel in front of me, I'll be off and go, oh, it's a squirrel. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, what are we talking about? And I don't really smoke pot. I don't, you know, <laughs> that's just my brain. Um, and I, so I need that. I need that structure. And it's almost as if, I mean, I, I, 
I've had it commented that I take direction very well. Uh-huh. I need directing. That yeah. I need someone to go focus on this, stop your yeah. silliness on this and just focus on this because you're just getting carried away. You know, one you know, one minute I'll be like, oh yes, I'm gonna start writing this and I'll look out into the garden. But oh no, oh I need to just get rid of those um those branches before the you know <laughs> the snow comes. Before I know it, I'm in the bloody garden clearing branches. I'm like, hang on a minute, I was meant to be doing so I, I need I need a little bit of structure in my life and yeah. I, I need someone to tell me right sit down put half an hour in here I, that's why I did so well at school because I was told what to do <laughs> well, it's a bloody chaotic in life though because I just need someone to I need a manager <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but uh, that is a good book yeah no I'm, I'm working through it at the moment and uh, and I'm using it um as I'm as I'm kind of structuring things and and making sure that I'm streamlining streamlining the waffle <laughs> so since you moved back I feel like you were doing did you meet this group of people I feel like you met them before you moved back to London but you met that group of people who you did a short film with and then you've started working on feature films it's the one you just did the one in Minnesota yeah uh, yeah I was so... not sure if there was like a na- name for the group or no it's... no it's a production company it says just a, a low budget small you know lifetime channely hallmarky stuff um i yeah so i think it was january 2018 and um it was pride and prejudice cut is the film becoming miss bennett um i think it's on amazon um and it has been aired on i think the christian channel um and your face I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to subscribe to the Christian channel you know everyone's each to their own but um I will for for a week so I can watch my movie yeah. <laughs> um yeah so and it, again this is like all all great material so got cast um as the uh the um Catherine de Berg character in the film it's a it's a modern day twist on an, uh, you know the old tale the old yeah. novel and uh, and I play this um feature film uh, financier who uh, is terribly put out of joint that it's an American playing a um a British uh, literature icon Elizabeth Bennett um so she she has a no stuck out joint and she she puts her all in and, and um but it, it mirrors the, the the classic tale. Yeah. Uh, so we we got, and I've never, you know, I felt like rock royalty. I'd never been cast in a feature film before, and of course, I didn't want everyone to know that I had no bloody clue what I was doing. Um, <laughs> so showed up, showed up to. Um, well, actually, we got caught in the storms. Um, there was a snowstorm over Florence and South Carolina, which was like the coldest weather on record since the, I don't know records began. Probably not that extreme, but so I got stuck in Charlotte for a night with one of the one of the other actors, and I was like, "What am I got myself into?" I don't. Know. Okay, we're staying in this hotel. Okay, cool. Get to the hotel in Florence. You get driven there in the end because there's no flights because mm-hmm. the snow and ice is too much. Um, and get to Florence, which is all palm trees, you know, and is usually sort of South Carolina, Spanish moss blowing in the wind. And it's just beautiful. <laughs> and it was balls cold. And I was like, OK. And, uh, you know, get to the hotel and um, there's a man stood there and he says, look, you know, if you need to flush your toilet, 
ring the bell and uh, we'll send someone up with a bucket and oh my God. <laughs> get a water because the pipes had frozen and I'm thinking shit I've, I've got to go on camera in a couple of days and I don't even know if I can take a shower um but that you know that was just the the, the, the stick that we were dealt with um in that particular regard but the film itself was great fun and I actually met some really lovely lovely crew cast production and it was the production company that um you know it, I've been really fortunate to work with them several times yeah. um whether it be as an actor um or I've done a couple of voiceover bits as well um and just it's a family it's a family run production company um and uh yeah the the latest the latest was um shoot out in Minnesota again <laughs> during the storms um <laughs> I tell you what, Lindsay, I've never been so cold in my life. I thought I thought living in Manchester in the snow <laughs> where, you know, constant black black mould on your bathroom walls and, you oh know, constant goodness. cough was bad. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I oh hope, hope to hope to the, the powers that be that I don't have to see anything <laughs> like it again. Uh, the, the film was great fun. It's a Christmas film. And they, you know, the local, the town of Hudson, um left all their christmas decorations up especially for the filming and stuff so, we, so you know, it was very pretty yeah you know but there were boats um you know the film films like grumpy grumpy old men were filmed there and you wonder why they're grumpy and then you get there and you're like that's why <laughs> grumpy old men <laughs> you know fishing fish ice halt fishing ice fishing and um things like that on the on the lake um yeah but it was um now in in centigrade it was minus 20 in sorry in centigrade it was minus 28 in fahrenheit something like minus 20 but literally <laughs> going out in that stuff i mean I, I i was like built like the michelin man you know the scene from um from friends where joey wears every single yeah. item of clothing i think it's russ's or chandler's clothing um and uh, that was me basically going out from from where i was staying to felt to set and uh, with, with with having a mask on, um, you know, you've got that moisture in your mask. I started getting um, frosticles, sorry, icicles, <laughs> frosticles, frosticles on my nostrils, frost, <laughs> icicles on my eyelashes. And, um, I, you know, I was struggling to blink. Oh, um, my goodness. You know, and, and some of the icicles that were coming, coming off the houses were as long as my leg. It's oh. just, just incredible. I mean, a beautiful, you know, place but really harsh winters tundra you know ice you you pour you you pour a glass of ice you chuck a glass of water in the air and it turns to snow it's just mental but yeah that was my um and also covid obviously throwing in a pandemic oh my god um, with um with ice and snow and um you know along with the pandemic you know I mean, it was very COVID compliant. We, you know, we, it was a very small team, um, very small cast, uh, never more than few faces on set at any yeah. time. Um, you know, everyone's wearing masks. We were testing regularly, like once, I think it was once every week we did PCR tests and yeah. every few days we'd do a, a rapid test on set. Um, you know, and I, I must've tickled my brain <laughs> god knows how many times it was um you know part of like like brushing your teeth i wouldn't be able to do it myself i've had it done to me but i wouldn't be able to do it myself 
yeah you, you need someone to put their foot up on your shoulders and yeah. uh, oh god oh just even pin you down and, and no. just uh, get the old <laughs> chimney sweep out <laughs> oh it's just awful so bad hey, it's so... Like, it's... <laughs> there's certainly no bats in the cave now i'll tell you that <laughs> It's so great though that you found that community of people. Yeah, and because I feel like you've done what, like four, five productions with them. Um, well, I ended up when I was there. We ended up doing an insert for another one of their films. They needed a, a like a a TV presenter, and um, so I was playing a sort of in the in this film. I was playing an American actually, which I'd never thought you know that I, oh, my American accent's not not great but uh, I gave it my best um the uh so I was playing an American sister like the sister who's um you know the the lead sister and he's come to sort of look after her uh-huh. and be in the same town as him as her and her daughter um and then while I was there she said look you know we want to put this insert for one of the other films um do you want to be this tv host and I was like does the Pope crack crap in the woods? Yes, I would love to. Um, Does the so... Pope crap in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the same? No, it's a it's a meld of a couple of them. I think it's this the Pope. Does Is the, the Pope, Pope, the Pope Is Catholic? Is the Pope Catholic and does the pear shit in the woods? Yeah. So does the Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound like the right. <laughs> right, I learned I learned all about idioms and things oh like that when God. I was doing my standard American accent course. Um, <sighs> you know, I was misunderstood when I said uh, I said the penny dropped, but they thought I said my panties dropped. Oh my and then God. of course the hilarity ensued. Everyone thought I was some kind of hussy <laughs> until I had to explain myself. Um, so uh, yeah, no, they they're a great bunch, and I, so I ended up getting another little film. Um, another little five minutes of, of fame uh and uh, which i think will be out before the one the christmas one but i'm hoping yeah. the christmas one will be out this this christmas season possibly the fall i mean you know they always start playing christmas films well into october don't they yeah. know, especially during a pandemic where everyone's craving nice Some things and nice, christmas yeah. films and it's but that's what i love about this whole industry as well is like for example, you watch Christopher Guest and you see Christopher Guest just doing like Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, like all those productions and you see the same cast over and over again. And yeah. then you watch some other director and he's got the same cast over and over again. And I feel like once a director and a company or like producer and all that stuff, once they find the people that they trust and they really enjoy working with, yeah, I feel like you've got jobs not for life but like pretty much for life do you know what I mean yeah so what that's the beauty of this whole industry as well is once you find that and even if you don't necessarily find it but one thing leads to another yeah and that's what I just love they were I mean I I have when I first did when I did the first film it was then that I got talking to them and said look you know my background is actually you know female gaffer um electrical crew um i can produce which led on to um doing a little film um that was part set in london and i so i offered to produce the um the london part and orchestrated that part and Uh then on this one there was acting involved but also um i helped coordinate um so i think i've got a production coordinator credit on that one um 
so See, it's got... it's sort of many many hats and yeah. you know I think also being really helpful and you know acting I would love just to be an actor that's my yeah. dream but I think you have to understand the mechanics of um how film sets work how how hard people work um to make you look good and to get you on screen and onto that yeah you know onto that fame train um and I think that's I don't so valuable famous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I it, it, but the, the, my problem is is that I'll be on set and I'll be sitting there I'll be looking at the lights going oh just just watch that cable watch that cable uh, <laughs> can you just put that <laughs> <laughs> Or I'll be like, can I get you some water to the other cast? I'm like, no, you want cast on Sit down, shut up. <laughs> acting hat, acting hat. All right, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> but I also think that's a really nice quality to have, like just in general, because I feel like when you are on set, it's so nice to see the actor who is just up in everyone, not up in everyone's business, but like chatting to everybody and like chatting to the crew, chatting to like the runners and this, that and the other, like people who feel like, they're not worthy of being spoken to do you know what I mean it's such a bullshit yeah, concept yeah. and and people will remember you as well yeah. I you know sat, I've been on the other end of a horrible a horrible actor or two working in cameras you know setting marks for people and pretty much being kicked to the dirt for being in the way and it's not nice and but you remember those people and you yeah. think okay you know and and it's like what everyone says you know that PA that runner that you know anyone that's sort of running around for you mm-hmm. if you it's all you've got to be kind you've got to you be kind to be. because you know these people one day maybe the, you know, they'll be the decision makers yeah. and they'll be like oh you know that hannah yeah she was a little bit waffly but she she was very <laughs> kind and she you know she did her work and um she was great to be around on set and people you want to work with people on set that are yeah. kind and helpful and um it goes a very long way Um, I just but I also don't understand just why wouldn't you be nice just in general like just be a nice human being like why what's the what do you get out of it for being a massive dick do you know what I mean and I think I think times are a changing though I think um especially with the fight that it is right now to to get work um really is times are a changing and you know fairness being fair being kind will will get you get you further yeah. i think i mean no one wants to work with a dick do they i no mean one. you think okay it's like so i got asked to help cast um at one point for this film and mm-hmm. um they were asking for recommendations and i was like okay i had a few people in mind oh. and it was like almost like a dating agency yeah that's how I see casting is it's a dating agency same with like working in a cooperative agency Mm -hmm. for actors it's okay who could I really see working with these people who 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 could I marry up with this person or and and it was helping potentially cast my brother um and I was like I I don't know whether I want to work this person but then this person and it you know yeah that's how it that's how it is and um I see it yeah I see it as a dating agency and uh you know for a long-term partner not just a quick fix honestly what you just said though I remember so years ago when we were casting Fateful 
um i was looking at there was a casting company mm. in london who were like helping with the feature film which we're still doing by the way everybody um you are great i'm turning it into a short film i need to speak to you we'll, we'll discuss um just because i think it's gonna be easier okay. financially anyway we'll, we'll discuss that later um but this guy andrew was helping me do the cast or like getting ideas for the casting and a bunch of people he sent my way i was looking at their stuff and i was like this guy's perfect this person's perfect and then for one of the roles someone came up from my drama school and he wasn't in my class he was in another class and i just remember and i met him like he came to la for a bit and we always like kept in touch like just here and there but i just remember he was always kind of a bit snobby at drama school always a bit pompous always a bit like some stick up his ass kind of thing and then when he came to LA he like said something to me like he doesn't really know me personally and he just said something to me that I was really just like what like you don't know me you know nothing about and he made all these like preconception ideas about me and I was like so as soon as I saw him in the up in like the forum for the casting I was like absolutely fucking not because one I know what he's like personally two I've seen his work he's good but Three, I'm just like, I just know he's not a particularly nice person. And I've seen how he's acted on set. And I've seen how he's treated people. And I'm like, they're absolutely no, just absolutely no way. Like, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. And so it's just really interesting because I still remember stuff like that. And that was eight years ago, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was watching um I can't remember a casting director just on on one of the um I think it was Renita Gale um just talking about kindness and grace mm-hmm. and especially now it's so important so important and it, I think it goes such a long way um so for anyone that has a chip on their shoulder <laughs> um forget it just sort yourself out just start yeah. looking at yourself and you want to work with people work with people and be a person yeah i think mm. that's huge and i think that, that, that's actually just really good i was just about to say do you have any advice for other actors and creators and i actually think that's pretty sound advice really yeah kindness grace and be a person because mm-hmm. everyone else they're, they're all people they're all people that want to work and go go far and and make something wonderful um and there's so much hard work that goes into production and oh, casting so much hard work. and so much you know the, the the end piece is you know that seeing that person on that screen but so much goes into it you know as an actor that people do to make you look good yeah and uh, to understand that and be graceful with it and kind be kind yeah I, I, sorry just one more quick story when we were actually That's doing right. the fateful proof of concept because you were there they weren't an actor, but they were. Was I gripping? I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, you no, Gaffering? you weren't. No, you Gaffering were doing background. Background. It was a cafe scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but there was, it was the second AD, and she just from the get go. I think because you were there the first day, and I think the first day you may have been gaffering i was off there was an office office scene where i first met um helen yeah and then um and then i think i was helping set that up rig that and then i came and did background yeah my best background performance ever by the way it's amazing honestly oscar worthy um (laughs) 
but there was there was a crew member on that proof of concept and from the very beginning as soon as I met her she just started like laying into actors like this is her interview and I was just like why are you in your creative field if you don't like actors like this is who you're gonna be working with pretty much 99% of the time yeah and then the whole two days that she was there she just like had the massive chip on her shoulder huge attitude everybody like picked up on her energy and you pick up on people's energies yeah and it kind of affected me on by the the third scene the final scene that we were shooting I was just like totally not in it just could see her just glaring it just was so uncomfortable that I wrote to the person who recommended her and I was like, do you know what? Don't recommend this person because that two days was not, she was so unprofessional and she was really rude to so many other crew members mm. and she was rude to the director. She was rude to Sonny. It's just like, what is going on? So I just think that people need to wind their neck in a little bit sometimes and just know and, that everyone. It's like, do you really want to be here doing this? Yeah. And if you don't, then fuck off because somebody else would love to be in your position right now yeah she was yeah. getting paid it's just like what is your problem anyway you know you can always just pay me in tea and biscuits i'll be happy i know you're so amazing <laughs> <laughs> you're just always so hot for stuff i think you have to be you know I, I think being here has taught me just to say yes yeah okay is it but what else am i going to be doing what what you know is it worth my time yes Okay, time is the currency of life. Yes, it is. But if you feel that it's worth doing, which mo- most of the time it is, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be up for it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, tea and biscuits. Get me a cup of pe- cup of um, Yorkshire tea. <laughs> Yorkshire tea, preferably. <laughs> and a, a, a packet of uh, bourbon biscuits. Or, and or, some mezcal. Or, or some custom, custard cream. Or some mezcal. <laughs> but I know that's a little easier to, to obtain in this country. <laughs> It's lovely. I shouldn't probably be drinking it in the daytime. But, um, <laughs> since working in a restaurant, because I, I worked in a restaurant for most of COVID, the initial um, pandemic, and uh, it was a, a really cute little tapasy place by the sea. And um, I got really got me into mezcal. Um, so I sort of bought a bottle. Cause they sell it in Total Wine, this really good one called Gem and yeah. Bolt, by the way. It's uh, very good. <laughs> so I, I, I bought a bottle up the mountain with me. I want to hide out. <laughs> um just completely off topic have you ever had an embarrassing audition an She's embarrassing thinking. one is this oh crumbs i need to think about this yes i think i have and i'm just trying to think okay what do you think can i quickly tell you and I'm yeah tell audition. me yours go on because this is I, I, I was thinking about it this morning which is what prompted me to this question but I remember when I was doing drama school auditions they had very specific do from like the Shakespeare section do pieces from this like I, rem- I remember Central had do the Portia scene from Julius Caesar do this scene from this play and I remember doing Portia I did Portia like often because I love Julius Caesar so much um and then I went to and like basically all the drama schools like Guildhall, Guildford, they all had pretty much similar like do Porsche from you know what I mean? Like it was all kind of very similar. So then I go to the Rose Bruford audition with my friend Faye and <laughs> 
it's only when we pulled up in the car that she was like so what are you what are you performing today because this was also in front of everybody all the other ones were like not in front of people and I was like oh yeah I'm doing Portia from blah 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 she was like uh no because that's not on the list and I was like what Mm. (gasps) and they were like they specifically said to not do that piece and I was like what (laughs) so I just remember just freaking the fuck out she had her I think it was Mary Wise of Windsor or something Mm -hmm. and she let me quickly go through it but obviously dyslexic I'm like with Shakespeare I love doing Shakespeare but it really takes me a long time to prepare it and I have to really like I have to work at it so hard once I've got it I fucking love it and I still remember that Porsche thing from like 15 years ago yeah I'm the same with uh, I'm the same with Lady Percy yeah (laughs) and it's just like so we go into the audition everybody's there and I get up and I do my first bit, my first monologue, and I do Dolgret from uh, Top Girls because I was absolutely obsessed with nice. Top Girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, like, such a fun piece. Felt like I knocked it out of the park. And then I go to do my Shakespeare, and it's just like... <sighs> it goes down like a cup of cold sick. <laughs> well, because I, I couldn't memorise a piece in, like, half an hour. No. And I was just like, I literally just stood there and I started laughing because I was just like, I don't have, I don't have anything. I can't I can't do it and it was so awful it was so I could just feel people like slouching in their seats and just like feeling really bad but I was like can I please do Hamlet I can do Ophelia from Hamlet I can do Lady Macbeth I can do any of those ones but they weren't on the list and it was awful it was so awful and I'll never forget that I think uh fucking hell I think that tops any kind of yeah you you got the clangor award there (laughs) (laughs) I've never I've never had oh pal oh I'm 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 twisting inside just thinking about it for you absolutely awful you know oh no I have I haven't had I don't think I've had an embarrassing audition I have had a must try harder kind of look (laughs) um I went to a a musical audition I'm not a great singer by the way I can sing rock music but I'm not um so I got put up for um it was an audition for Tropicana the musical Uh and it was this like 80s extravaganza set in like some holiday resort in Mallorca or something and it was to play the like resort manager Mm -hmm. um and I'd never been to a musical audition before like just bear this in mind because I never did musical theatre for for training it was Uh all um tv film and and just theatre and I thought sod it I'm gonna do it I'll be fine (laughs) so they gave us um they gave us uh, a script to to work on and uh, at the time Rob and I were driving up to Sheffield to see my sister and basically I was meant to be seeing my sister for the weekend but I was like shit I've got this audition come through and I need to be off book and I need to be on point with the song by Monday uh-huh. so my sister was already miffed at me because I basically like so I had to just, I had to sing uh it was a blondie song I can't remember which one it was and uh particularly Dennis Waterman I could be so good for you I could be so good for you that one right yeah so I had this Dennis Waterman song playing on loop on the whole journey up from London to Sheffield, so it was about three hours, two, two and a half hours. And then I'm playing it at my sister's. I'm like, like, just while we're cooking dinner, can we just play this song for me? Thanks, great. 
anyway so the whole weekend i'm shitting myself going oh god oh god and i turn up and it's one of these um big rehearsal studios theatrical studios in central london and as i turn up there there's all these like beautiful looking people with their leotards on stretching and doing all this movement and shit in the alleyway and i'm going oh fuck and i've dressed the part you know like they say don't don't go over the top but have some sort of yeah hint as to what your character is and I was like right okay so I got turn up like a right muppet I'm wearing (laughs) this like pencil skirt with um this outrageous like 80s vest top that was my mum's and these ridiculous like hot red um clip-on earrings of my mum's big zigzag triangles proper loud that because she never chucks anything out my mum so she's always got something um turn up to this freaking audition my hair's all been boofed out as if you know into this big 80s 80s pile up <laughs> walk into the, the, the audition room and uh we did the script and that was fine you know and I played I played the part and I said right and then they so he's got sheet music I'm like yeah can't be sheet music by the way <laughs> so I'm, I'm winging it I'm going here you go Mr Piano Man <laughs> and they don't do they do like probably the first 30 seconds of the song I yeah. think so I started doing this stuff could be so good for you and then they just cut it and I went, thank you very much I love the earrings uh, thank you very much we'll be in touch oh. <laughs> it's like so the only comment I got was you've got great earrings oh. and that was, no, fuck off bloody chancer <laughs> i didn't get any feedback oh, you gave um, it a go though you gave, I gave it, a go. it a go. i gave it my best shot and that you know that's that's how i do a lot of a lot of my auditions now i'm like okay do your research yeah you know be on it be off book be ready um be ready for a redirect because yeah. chances are they'll give you they'll be like well that sucks can you try this now with this in mind and just go for it yeah you know don't worry about because they'll know if you're right or wrong from it pretty much from the minute you walk in the door absolutely absolutely um so just enjoy yourself that's that's basically what my mantra and i've taken that from anthony mindell's workshop all those years ago one of the things that he has resonated with me is just be yourself yeah because 99 percent of the time it's you that they want not what you think they want Um, exactly it's so true yeah it is I've got a question for you, actually. I, okay. I don't know whether you've already got. Um, have you ever had? What's or have you ever had, or what is the most embarrassing moment you've ever had on stage? On stage, oh shit! Oh god! Do you want me to tell you mine? Yes. Why you think? All right. So um, I've got a couple actually, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you the the this one. Um, so I was doing um, an immersive site-specific theatre piece of uh-huh. Sherlock Holmes. And oh, it yeah, was yeah. Um, up at Santa Anita Racetrack, the uh, the oh, that's what the I train saw. depot. You saw, you yeah, came to see it. Yeah. I don't know if you were there the night this happened. So you know, so it's just for just for the listeners. It's um, you know, it they've taken. Uh, it was Unbound Productions, great production company, really fun to work with, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I hope that something forms after after all this is over because they would take weird spaces like the Altadena. Um, the Altadena Mausoleum or the train depot at the Santa Fe train depot at the um, LA Arboretum up at Santa Anita and they would put on 
theatre shows, but they would use, they would part use the space, but they would also involve the audience, um, walk them around the grounds. So it would also be a great marketing tool for the, for the space. Yeah. Um, so we're doing Sherlock Holmes and the consulting detective, and I'm playing this um, Clara Huggins, who's like this kind of blend of um, stories throughout the, you know, the Sherlock Holmes stories. Um, and she turns out to be a baddie. Um, in this in this particular story and uh, she's been caught red-handed first of all climbing out of the tunnel being exposed as the audience walk through they walk past us hiding in this box which turns out to be the tunnel which is all where we've been hiding all the loot and um, a mouse runs in under this box while I'm in there with one of my (laughs) co-actors And I'm wearing about five different skirts and a corset because oh. I'm, you know, I'm dressed up in this Victorian garb. And uh-huh. I see this tail go under my skirt. <sighs> <laughs> I, look at, I look at Eric Clytel, who's the chap working with me. And I'm like, and he's seen the bloody thing come in. And I'm like, <laughs> and meanwhile, we're not to reveal our, our location because it'll give away the game. Uh-huh. So, of course bust out of this i've never moved so quickly when it's time to get out get out of this um and i'm as i'm standing up i'm like ruffling my skirt ruffling my skirt, ruffling my skirt <laughs> making sure it's not still in the bloody thing um and then this actually might not have been the same show i might have completely completely made this up it happened the same <laughs> night um i have a habit of doing that by the way but it, it's something along the lines of but then another night if not this night um i'm upstage and i've been caught red-handed um, are you Clara Huggins and as I stand up my skirt catches someone's trod on the skirt or something <gasps> and the clasp snaps uh-huh. so as they say you Clara Huggins what do you have to say for yourself um, I can't remember what the line was and as I stand up my skirt drops <gasps> and I'm all, I'm, all I'm wearing is this like very sheer undercracker skirt and um, these like pantaloon things so as I'm like half-assed trying to hold my skirt up like how do I recover from this because this is my big story saying you know this is why I did it um and you so and the line was you can't shame me Sherlock Holmes so as I stand up I'm like thinking shit and I can't fix it because it's broken I know it's broken so I'm holding my skirt up and I'm going I pull it up and I go well, you can almost shame me. I've pretty much done that myself already, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and I mean, you know, all of the cast on stage are trying to hold their uh, hold their uh, poise and uh, keep in character. But bugger me, that was like the, the, one of the hardest things to do without completely losing my shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And I had a lot of people congratulate me backstage saying, oh, well recovered, Hannah, well recovered. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, because it throws you off as well when stuff like that happens. You're like, I have no idea. Because I, I don't know about you, but I've been on stage where I'm like, I have no idea where that line is. Yeah. And I've been I've been in a loop before with, a sh- you know, something that was very repetitive and poetic. You, and you go in this loop and you're like, oh, I can't get out of this loop. And I'm saying the same bit of the script again. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Help me. And you, you can see the panic. And your other actor's eyes going, yes, it's in there. Come on, throw me something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was uh, my little ditty on um, um, probably the most embarrassing uh, stage moment. 
Have you so, thought of one? Have you got one? Yeah, I've got two. They're very small, quick ones. And they were all, okay. they were both basically from when I was about 12 or 13. So when I was 12, like from the age of seven to I think about the age of 15, I used to go to the Palace Theatre Workshop in where I grew up in Westcliff. It was like their mm. Saturday school and I used to do a bunch of their shows. And honestly, it was like just my heaven. I loved it. And we used to put on these shows and sometimes there'll be plays. Sometimes there'll be like a variety show of like, whatever and I was doing a duet with this girl Sasha who was actually from my school as well and we just hadn't rehearsed we'd done something before together like mm-hmm. a singing duet thing mm-hmm. and we'd rehearse the shit out of it but this one we just hadn't rehearsed and we were doing the song um I can't remember do you know I can't even remember what song it was um I do remember I just can't remember the name um and so we go out there and I start singing my piece Sasha goes to start singing her piece, but she completely forgets everything. So then I forget what I'm doing because I'm so like jarred by everything. And then Sasha just walks off. And then I'm standing there and I'm like, because <laughs> obviously it's a duet. So I try and carry on. I carry on from like maybe 10, 15 more seconds. And then I'm like, fucking done. So then I leg it off stage as well because I'm like, what? So that uh, is number one, and that is why preparation is key. Yeah, yeah. You have to be prepared. <laughs> you have to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. There's no such thing as over rehearsing. Um, and the second one again, I was like twelve or thirteen, doing a talent show at school, and again I'm doing a duet from chess, and the backstage music. I can't remember something had happened with the backstage music that they screwed up. And I started wafting my hand behind my back to try and get them to stop or to like try and signal. And it just looked like I farted. <laughs> it looked like I was wafting a fart. I was like, this is fucking oh, brilliant. Mate. Mate. Oh, class. That's class. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I have more from older days, but honestly, yeah. those two are just like. Yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a few ones that we've put to the back of our. Yeah. memory bank and never to get the key out to open up that door again but um you know it's it is comedy gold you it look back on it gold. at the time you think you know you're absolutely mortified but you oh how we laugh <laughs> <laughs> my goodness well hannah thank you so much this was that's really all right fun. it's been really nice i've, I've realized <laughs> how long we've been yakking for as well it's been like it's an hour and a half pal yeah no? an hour hour and ten it's not bad I was worried that I'd have nothing to say and I'd be waffling, like I'd be kind of clicking my mouth a bit and <laughs> being like, what do we talk about? And then awkward silences. So that's It's good. funny, a lot of people say that. I've had a few people like who I've reached out to being like, yeah, I'll absolutely do it. I just don't think I'm going to be very interesting. And I'm like, um, you're more interesting than I think you think you are. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's really funny. Oh, like People just don't give themselves credit. No, no, they don't. Um, yeah. which is why I think it's important to do these things. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I was nervous and I was a bit like, ooh, we're talking about, but I'm really glad I did it. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Thank you, Hannah. And here's the little snippet we were talking about before the, the show was really like starting. We were just talking and we had this little nugget. So I just wanted to share this as well. So the struggle's just real for everybody. Yeah. I mean, well, I've got a couple of corkers for you um, like very recently. And it's certainly at this moment in time, there's a lot of mental health you know, mental health is is incredibly real. Um, and, you know, we all post these magical stories of any of our successes, but we don't we don't post necessarily about our we don't share 
um, our, our, our mental issues, which, you know, I've, we've all had our fair share of them. Certainly as a performer, you get very frustrated, you know, and it feels very stunting right now that you can't express yourself. You know, I, I, I love the voiceover. I love getting into film and, and, and acting work, but it is, the, the struggle is real and it's particularly real right now. Um, and I, I, I really appreciate you actually being able to voice, you know, using this platform to, to voice how, how we are feeling. Um, you know, I think we all post these lovely pictures about it being bunny rabbits and rainbows when it's not, it's not, to be frank. Um, uh, but, you know, I think um, being able to voice it and share, share these experiences is, you know, I think is, is how we, how we deal with it and how we, yeah. you know, listen to each other and hear each other. Can you send me the link? Thank you so much once again, Hannah Whiteoak, for joining us. Hannah is a British actress who's based in LA. She's a voiceover artist. She has her own sound setup with Source Connect, all that fun stuff. So you can also catch Hannah in Pride and Prejudice Cut, Military Wives, Accidentally in Love, which is going to be out this Christmas. And you can also hear her voice in so many commercials, such as Xbox and a bunch of video games, Hand of Fate 2 and the Elder Scrolls legend, The Fall of the Dark Brotherhood. You can follow Hannah on Instagram at Hannah Blake White Oak 2015. Thanks so much again, Hannah. Bloody love you, love.